you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Dennis Allen, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and you're listening to the NFL Report. That's right, DA. This is the NFL Report. I'm Steve Weiss with my co-pilot, James Palmer. And JP, yeah, the NFL season is over, but now we are in draft season. When college fans and are. NFL fans actually coalesce and believe in the same thing. <laughs> and that's finding out which one of these college superstars or which of these college superstars is going to make their team better. And to help us with that conversation today, we have got Doug Williams, one of the greatest wow. to ever do it, my personal athletic hero. We're also going to be joined by NFL media's Greg Rosenthal, and we're talking free agents. And boy, is Rosie packing a punch. But JP, let's talk about quarterbacks and teams that need them. It's the most important position in all of sports, Steve. If teams that have great ones or far above average ones are constantly competitive and consistently in the Super Bowl conversation. We're going to talk about eight teams that have varying Super Bowl windows right now. Those eight teams are not mentioned in this block because they have no. quarterbacks. We'd like to talk a different group of eight teams, teams that are desperate for a quarterback so they can get themselves into that other group. Let's take a look at where some of these teams stand. Here's where they're picking. You look at the Bears with the first pick, Commanders 2, Patriots 3, Giants 6, Falcons 8, Vikings 11. We'll break them down with the Kirk Cousins situation. Broncos 12, Raiders 13, Steelers 20. Now, if you're looking towards the draft, and that's what we'll cover first, Daniel Jeremiah, our draft expert, Steve, has four going in the first round, that's quarterbacks, and four going in the first eight picks. Six total in his top 50 prospects. So if we're looking at this group, not everybody is going to land a quarterback in the draft. Let's look at that first group of those teams picking maybe in the top three and then maybe include the Giants at six. What do you see happening with a couple of those teams? Well, look, some of these teams are going to have to get up. So we know the Chicago Bears have the first overall pick. And the rampant speculation is it's going to be Caleb Williams, a quarterback out of USC. So mm -hmm. let's kind of move on from them. Because I've said the Washington Commanders at two, this is where the draft actually starts. And do the Commanders mm. maybe trade back a spot or two and still get their guy, be it, be it Drake May, be it Jaden Daniels out of LSU? Or do they sit there at two and not mess around and make sure they get the quarterback that they want? Fine. So now at three, the Patriots, they have to draft a quarterback. Let's not play around. I don't think anyone's moving off that pick. So let's say three of these quarterbacks are gone now, JP. A team like the Falcons at eight. When we talked to Terry Fontenot, I very much got from the general manager that they want to draft a quarterback. They're going to have to leapfrog the Giants at six to get up and get a quarterback. This is where the real chess starts getting played. So that's where I think the gamesmanship and the aggressiveness in giving away draft picks comes into play big time. Because, as we're going to get to in a minute, the veteran quarterbacks out there on the market, including the trade value, just aren't what you want to build your team around. I think you're exactly right. I love where the commanders sit because they're probably sitting with a mindset of, who do we like more, Jaden Daniels or Drake May? And a lot of evaluators, it's still very early. And we'll be talking this over the next few months. The combine's yeah. not even here. But a lot of evaluators I've already spoken to, Steve, have these two much closer than maybe people Assume And so who do you like best? I think that plays a big part of this. Who fits your scheme best? And I think the commanders are in a very good spot to pick either one of the two, or if they don't, don't force your hand at two. That's the other part of it. And you want to see who wants to come up. I think mentioning the Falcons coming up, I think is a very, very poignant 
message. I, I think that is a team that maybe doesn't really look to go the veteran route. I know some people have tied Justin Fields. We'll go to him in a second. Yeah, but it just gets the sense. We had Terry Fontenot on this show, Steve. Didn't he just sound like we, we, we value draft picks. We value, though, building through the draft in a young quarterback Correct. coming in, even if we have to move up for him. Looks to be more something the Falcons would do. Remember, they have established you could say roster Steve on both sides of the ball yes to where they could think they could give up a future first round pick to move up from eight they have plenty of salary cap space they could make that jump I think that's one team you really have to keep an eye on moving up as well as the Giants sitting at six because they don't have to go up as far I find New England fascinating sitting there at three I I really do just because of where they're going to stand with what I'm what, what we're saying with picks one and two yeah I'm with you and just real quick you know we're looking at and they know the Vikings at 11, the Broncos at 12, and the Let's Raiders at 13, group. and Steelers at 20. That's going to be very hard for them to get up. That's a ton of freight, JP. But one player who's mm-hmm. connected to some of those teams, not all of them, well, a couple of them, is Justin Fields. Let's hear what he had to say on the Brown Brothers podcast about his situation in which he sounds like he knows he's gone from Chicago. Do you want to stay in Chicago or what's up? Yeah, of course. Of course I want to stay. Um, to be honest, bro, I'll be trying to like, you know, with all the talk, it's, it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom be in one place, but I can't see myself playing in another place. But I know how that league is. Like EQ, you was probably the same way uh, before you left Green Bay. But I mean, if it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city. The city's lit. The, the fans there, you know, they're great. And the people, but um, it's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just wanted to be over. Like, just let me know if I'm getting traded. Yeah. Let me know if I'm staying. It's an act. I think we all feel the same way, Justin. I think we all want to know if you're getting traded or yeah. not, because I do think this is kind of the linchpin of this offseason right now, Steve, because there's so few veteran quarterbacks that could land a spot, and if a team desperately wants them, which is something the Chicago Bears probably are banking on, to my understanding, they're evaluating all of this. They're going to go into Indianapolis with a plan. Obviously not tell anybody that plan, but Ryan Poles is going to sit there and listen to every offer that is out there for Justin Fields and every offer that's out there for number one. What fascinates me most about Fields, Steve, is we've seen flashes of a really, really good quarterback. Go ask Sean Payton, who he faced in the first half uh, of their game against the Chicago Bears, and then look at who he faced in the second half. It was almost like two different guys. But what you would be doing is, the guess is giving up a a second-round pick or a third-round pick for a quarterback that you could essentially have for the next two seasons with his fifth-year option for really a grand total of about $25 million dollars. That's not a terrible spot to be in if you no. don't love one of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft and don't have the ability to trade up for one of them. You could use a second or third round pick and get two years to evaluate Justin Fields. Is that accurate if you want to take a jump at him? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, the, the, financial, the, the financial aspect of it is clearly a boon, especially because he's such a boom or bust type of roll of the dice. And at the same time, I look at some of the teams we're talking about. The Falcons... Their new coordinator, Zach Robinson, is coming from L.A. Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. That scheme does not fit Justin Fields, right? You're looking, I told you, we talked about mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and Arthur Smith wanted no parts of him in the draft. Don't see him getting sweet on Justin Fields all of a sudden. The Broncos, you mentioned Sean Payton. Accuracy is his number one thing in a quarterback. That is not Justin Fields' history. So once again, with the 13th overall pick, I, I like the Raiders making a trade for Justin Fields with one of their later round picks. They've got the 13th pick to kind of add to maybe get him some more weapons. He said Chicago is lit. Vegas is more lit. So that if he wants to be looking at environment, he can go that. That fan base would love him. But let's also look at Kirk Cousins. Do you find, do you find it interesting, oh, though, Steve, that like you go and get Luke Getze out of Chicago and then you repair him? With Justin Fields as OC yeah, and, and quarterback, we, is that kind of bizarre? And we don't, and we don't see that happen. But mm-hmm. I mean, what else That's are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Okay, Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins is like the, I'll, the other I'll give veteran. You what Russell do. Wilson, Russell Wilson. Sorry, I'm going to give you what they're going to do. Happening. Baker you know Mayfield. What they could do, Steve? What do you got? They could go after Kirk Cousins. 
they could go after Kirk Cousins. You know why they could? They could thank Jimmy Garoppolo for that. Because of his PED suspension, they are off the hook for a good chunk of money. It's about $11.25 million off and then another $11.25 million off because of what transpired with the suspension. We do know that Kirk Cousins could be somebody that could fit into what they do down there. Devontae Adams likes him a lot, said it this offseason, said that he's a quarterback that can find you the football no matter where you are in the field. Um, This could be something if they believe they can compete right away. And I think Antonio Pierce does believe that they're one of the few teams that could compete right away. And I think that's why they could be one of the very few teams that could be interested in Kirk Cousins. The other part of it is, remember last year when the when the Las Vegas Raiders were looking to trade up maybe to one or two for a quarterback, didn't do it. What happens in Houston with C.J. Stroud at number two? Do they yeah. go, oof, we got to go up and get somebody? What does Mark Davis think <laughs> about that? I find the Cousins situation very interesting because it's him, it's Field Steve, and then you mentioned it's Baker Mayfield, and then that might be it for your veteran options before you get into Ryan Tannehill and, say, Gardner Minshew. Woo! And I love Gardner Minshew. Hey, oh, are you saying that Russ, Russ is moving out of his $35 million mansion to go slumming? He's, he's going down. He, he's, I don't know what he, you he's do with Russ. the town homes with, like, Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill? Give me the spot that will land Russell Wilson. And maybe I'll just tease it. We'll discuss that with All Greg right. Rosenthal later in the show steve let's get to our special guest though in the next block steve let's get to our special guest in the next block and doug williams super bowl champion quarterback doug williams to be specific and he also right now is the senior advisor for president jason wright in washington we're going to get his take on the hbcu legacy bowl that you're at right now steve but we're also going to get his take on the quarterbacks coming out in this draft You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The best draft eligible players from historically black colleges and universities put on the pads one last time to show they're worthy of getting drafted. The third annual All-State HBCU Legacy Bowl, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Oh, JP, you know, I'm down here at Yeoman Stadium at Tulane with all the greats. And we're joined by the greatest, my hero, my man, co-founder of the Black College Football Hall of Fame, co-founder of the HBCU Legacy Bowl, Doug Williams. Doug, appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Steve, for having me, man. Appreciate being on. So as I I did that beautiful read right there, um, this is the third annual time we've done this down here with this HBCU Legacy Bowl. We saw last year, Doug, about 15 guys from this game get at a minimum rookie camp tryouts. Several of them made rosters. Uh, we saw the DB Bolden out of Jackson State get drafted by the Patriots. Three years ago, you and James Jack Harris came up with the concept for this game. Now that you look at some of the success you've had in getting players from historically black colleges and universities to the NFL, what can you say about the, the purpose and the success of what's happened here? Well, you know what I, I can say from from year one to where we are today, I I, I feel pretty good about that, but uh, still not satisfied. I, and because I, I think this this year crop of guys, uh, you know, we got way more talent that showed up this year than we've had since we've been here. Uh, it's no doubt in my mind, you know, anywhere from from five six guys should be drafted. I mean, I don't do the drafting, but I'm saying that should be. And not only that, but should get many more, get an opportunity to end up as free agent or, or get an opportunity in somebody's training camp that they can earn their right onto a team. And, and it makes me feel good. And James and I, we talk about this all the time, about opportunity. And, and what we're doing here is giving these guys an opportunity. I love that, Doug, because we know one of my favorite things about the NFL is if you're talented, teams are going to try to go out there and find you. And you can find your way into the NFL in a variety of ways. Every team is down there 
Every team in the NFL is represented down there looking at these players. What have you heard from that side of things about what you've built over the last three years in terms of the caliber of players that the league is making sure they go down there and take a, a decent look at? I think what has happened, uh, the scouts now feel a little free about, about telling you about certain players. At first, they was kind of <laughs> like everybody else. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but I think what they've seen from this combine and from these practices you know, they called out people's name, man. And, and you know, the running back, uh, Howard, he stood out like a so thumb. We yeah, Jar- Jarvin Howard from uh, right. from Alcorn State. Alcorn. You had August Petrus from Southern University, the guy that's in law school. And then you had offensive linemen. A lot of people, don't, they don't get a lot of love sometimes, but there's one lineman here that, that really jumped out at me, and that's, that's Hemp Hill from Texas Southern. And then you got the hey, running back on. Right, the Owens from Texas Southern, who had a great year. You know, he showed up. And, you you know, we got Smith, the defensive back. He's an undersized guy, but we know he can run fast. And, and tight end, <laughs> man, we we got this tight end, number 15. I tell you what, if, if he's not a pass catcher, he certainly should be somebody blocker. And and even from Steve's school, now, we, you know, we talked about the tight end from Steve's school, but if you watch him through the week, he has probably been one of the most consistent players on the field as far as running around and catching the ball. Yeah, you're talking about Brennan Brown, the tight end from Howard, Brennan. who's been excellent. And, James, there's a tight end out of Arkansas Pine Bluff named Tristan Ballard. Dude, his body, like this is one where the NFL team sees him and immediately is like, I don't care about anything. we got to get him into a camp just because he's, he's listed at – 6'5", 240, but his body should be in the Louvre, right? It is yeah. – he, he hasn't dropped a pass. He he looks very well coached. I mean, he's, he's not a raw product. He looks pretty polished. No. So, it, it, it'll it, be interesting to see if, if he gets, you know, into a camp. Not only that, but but his body alone gets him into a camp because you look at a guy that plays tight end, you know, it's very seldom you got tight ends today that can get running backs to the edge. And, and he's right. a guy that if you teach him right, he's a guy that can get you to the edge. You know, I, I firmly believe that. And the quarterbacks, you know, we can't take nothing away from these quarterbacks because Musa at times it looked real good. And um, Richard's man, he's he just a guy that in today's game, but what Richard can do from a running standpoint, and he's not a runner, but he can throw the football. But you know if the rush comes, he can get away. And, right. and that's what you like in your quarterback today because – if you can't get away from the rush today, you're in trouble. Right. You're talking about Davius Richard. We're seeing him right Davis here. He's Richard. a two-time MEAC Offensive Player of the Year, one of the best offensive players to come out of black college football in years. And you also mentioned Jerry, Jeremy Musa, the SWAT Offensive Player of the Year, the quarterback out of Florida A&M who started his career at Hawaii, also had a stop in Vanderbilt before he went down there and lit it up for the Rattlers. And, and so so we're looking a little bit at Musa right now. Doug, Musa is somebody, you know, you heard heard me talk about. He's at his, his third his third Division One program. But this week, we see he's got the incredible arm talent, but the consistency is the big question mark with him. It's someone who evaluates quarterbacks. When you look at someone like him who can put the ball just anywhere but hasn't generated a consistency like that, what does that tell you? Is that somebody you want to give a look on talent alone and you coach him up? Or do you think that inconsistency? I, I think as a coach, you you would love an opportunity to work with him because at the end of the day, it's all about the mental part of it. And, you know, when you see a receiver, all of them are not going to be wide open. Somewhere along the line, you got to be that guy to put it where he can get open. And I think that's the one thing that is that's hampering him is not letting the ball go when they even, you know, that's the old cliche. When they even, they leaving. leaving you know, he yep. wants to see them run away, and and, and mm-hmm. all the time they're not going to run away. You got to give them a chance to make make the play. And, and I think once he gets his mind up to get the ball out of his hand and look quicker than what he has, uh, he'll be all right. I, I got to change gears here for a moment though, because your former team in Washington is in need of current a quarterback team. as well. We're sitting here breaking down the quarterback. current team. He still works there. I mean, there. still your still team. I, guess, I mean, former team <laughs> as in you used to be the quarterback there. Still employed by the team. Still working there with Jason Wright and working there with the front office. I understand. But you used to play that position there in, in, in Washington. 
What what is you know what is your thought on how quickly things with a new regime there the number two pick cap space there's still talent on that roster on both sides on how quickly things can start <laughs> to turn around in Washington. I think I think we're gonna surprise some people. I think we'll be a lot quicker than a lot of people expect. You know because of the cap space that we do have because of the draft capital that we do have. You know when you got five picks within the first one hundred and you, you got what eighty some mm-hmm. million dollars cap space. We got something to work with. And I think the coaching staff that has been assembled by Dan Quinn and, and Adam uh, speaks volume of the guys in there. You know, the, the building feels so much uh, different from because you got guys from, from different places. It's not a bunch of guys from one place coming in after leaving another place. You got guys from different different coaches with different attitudes, with different mentality. But they all is working towards the same goal. And that's getting the commanders up to snuff. And I, I really think that this year going to be a surprise year for, for a lot of people. And it's not going to surprise us because, you know, talking to Dan, Dan is that type of guy. He he knows what he wants, and I think he'll get it done. Well, Doug, you, you, you mentioned Dan Quinto. Let's kind of keep on with that because when they had his introductory video, you were the first person he walked up to with his hat on backwards and said, ah, oh, Doug, what's up, bro? But you know <laughs> Dan is a – but you know Dan is that dude, right? He is somebody, when you're around him for two minutes, you're, you you want to be around him for two years. right? How no, do you no, think he, with the culture shift that's going on there that Dan Quinn is, is such an ideal fit? Let me, let me tell you, that, that morning that he walked into the building, and what I did, I stood back, you know, because I, I know Dan, I'm you know, over the years, and I just stood back. You know, I think what happened when Dan walked in that building, man, you could just see the whole building changed. The people that was greeting him, and he looked over. He said, "Oh, Doug, you know." It, it, to <laughs> me, that was that OG thing from him, and you know, it felt good. But at the same time, you could feel the whole building kind of shaking a little bit because they was glad to see him walk through there. And and it hadn't been anything different than when he walked through the first day than it is today because the whole building, the people that's in that building, they feel pretty good because the way he come in with his in- infection. Our attitude, everybody is somebody to Dan. And and that's what makes the difference. Nobody is above anybody. We want everybody to feel the same and, and working with Adams, you know, it's, it's just a different feeling in that building today. I, I love that, Doug. I feel like every conversation I ever had with DQ in my life kind of just stays with me. It, it just right. has an impact in some sense. It just kind of just sticks with you because it's so engaging and you. I've learned so much from him about the game, just interacting with him. And, and I love that aspect. Before we go, Doug, I do have to ask you this. Being a quarterback, you've spent so much time for your current team evaluating quarterbacks over the years. What have you learned in this process? Maybe just, a, 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 I don't know if it's overlapping, but just certain traits you've seen over the years that just are valued to you when they translate into the league. Is there anything that stands out with the number of guys you've evaluated? Yeah, you know, my, my thing is I, I like a number one, a tough guy. You know, who don't mind standing there getting getting the job done? But at the same time, you got to be smart mm-hmm. enough to know when, when you have to move, uh, when to throw the ball away, not to take a sack in, in times. You know, I look at it now from the time I played, and I know it's been a long time ago, but you watch a lot of these quarterbacks, they'll take a sack rather than throw it away. See, I'm a firm believer. Don't take mm-hmm. a sack because you put your team in a, in a worse situation. Now, you know, it was second yep. down and 10. You get sacked, now it's third down and 16. To right. me, throw the ball away. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, I think, is worried about their passing percentage. And, and they, they take they take a sack, don't know that that's hurting the team, but it's helping them from a percentage standpoint. And and I've seen yes. a lot of that over the years. And I guess being <laughs> old school, that's the one thing that, that rubs me the wrong way. Interesting. Very, very <laughs> interesting. I have never I thought that. about that or heard anyone say something about that, Doug. Doug, we can sit here and talk all day. We know you got to get back down here at the field of Tulane. We got another practice coming up. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much what you've done yes. with the Black College Football Hall of Fame and this All-State mm. HBCU Legacy Bowl, creating opportunity for folks to get until the NFL. That's what Coach Rob always say. All it takes is an opportunity. Well, there we go. Appreciate you, Doug. Coming up next right. on the NFL Report, are some teams window narrowing or some is wide open as the patio living room lanai in front of Jane Palmer's house? 
We'll find out more <laughs> on the NFL report when we come back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. A touchdown wins the game. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City, McCall Hardman, McCall Hardman with the catch. Kansas City wins the game, 25-22. And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class for the first time in 6,944 days. There is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. If you're watching the show, Steve, you don't see it very often. Ice Spice and then Andy Reid, back-to-back shots. You don't see that very often. But Bucky Brooks had this on (laughs) NFL.com, and we wanted to break it down a little bit for you. Here are eight teams that he believes have the biggest Super Bowl windows right now. Steve and I do not believe all of these windows are of the same size. Uh, no. or of the same quality. But let's start from the top, and we'll work our way all the way down. As the Kansas City Chiefs have a window, Steve, it's one of those floor-to-ceiling type windows that maybe you're in Hawaii, and they just kind of fold into the wall entirely, and the entire space is now indoor-outdoor living. That window is massive. They have pillars in Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, and Patrick Mahomes. They've learned to win in a new way this past year, which I think makes them even more dangerous because Mahomes is developing different ways to beat you now. And I do believe in their general manager, Brett Veach, is going to be very aggressive in getting him another weapon this offseason that helps them move forward in the world they'll be living in after Travis Kelsey. And I want to sneak this in real quick. Harrison Bucker. One of the best kickers in the game is there yeah. in Kansas City, Steve. And I think we saw this postseason, how important that is to consistent success in the postseason. The Chiefs have it all right now in the biggest window. Which is why, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they you got the biggest window because of 15, right? I mean, that window yes. is not going anywhere. We've seen the Chiefs reinvent themselves twice now as well. You lose Tyreek Hill. You win with a revamped offensive line with a Super Bowl there last. You're saying, okay, we didn't need that explosive wide receiver to win. Then they reinvent themselves mm-hmm. this year as a defensive team. So you've got the best player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. You've got an organization that finds ways to rebuild itself, much like the Patriots did during its dynasty and like we've seen some NBA teams do during their dynasties. Plus, take into the fact that that defense, J.P., is young as hell. Mm-hmm. Almost all of those guys yeah. <laughs> in the secondary are like third to fifth year players uh, or, or second to fifth year players. So they're going to be around for a while. And we could sit there and talk about salary cap, salary cap. They've already got their quarterback paid. They know how to divvy things up in a way where they can keep the nucleus of this team together for quite some time. All right, let's go to another team Bucky listed. That is the Detroit Lions. Wide open. Another huge window. I mean, this is his big as Ford mm-hmm. Field. This is a very young team. It is a very young head coach and general manager who, who have established a format on how to rebuild through the draft. Jared Goff has shown he's a he's a he's a fine quarterback. I mean, they don't have to do anything at that position either. They get themselves a little bit more help off the edge and on the interior defense to stop the run. A little help in the secondary. I mean, I, I said b- three big things, but they're not major things. I think Detroit's going to be a player for quite some time, JP. Because I see some similarities outside of the quarterback, which Jared Goff's very good, and they can win a lot of games, and they can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I see the similarities in terms of head coach and GM being lockstep in terms of how you're building this. You mentioned the young defense the Chiefs have, the young nucleus that this 
Detroit Lions team has might be the best young core of players in all of football from Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Aiden Hutchinson, Brian, Brandon Branch, all of these, dis- Jack Conk, uh, the list goes on and on, honestly, for how youthful and good this group is. And also, like the Kansas City Chiefs we saw this past year, in one season, we've seen the Lions win games in a variety of ways, Steve. And I think that's a big, big part of this. Next, the Ravens, who I believe, Steve, was the best team in football. Uh, during the regular season this past year. And two things stand out to me most. Lamar Jackson won the MVP in his first year in a new system. I think that's a pretty good start to this window that they're in right now. The second part is, you and I have talked about this, I don't think there's another team in football to where they lose players within the season and you're thinking they're key players and they find ways to continuously keep winning. It's because the roster's so well built, it's because they're so deep, and the coaching staff is so good. And they lose coaches every year. They lose front office guys every year. And they're still, because of the institutional stability that they have there, one of the best organizations in the NFL. Plus, they've got Lamar. All right, JP. Let's go from some of the bigger windows to the Dallas Cowboys. I have them with one of those windows, you know, you might see on about the 87th floor of a hotel, like it's way too small for you to That's not opening up. That's not opening up. I think this is a – they're on about a one-year window as your head coach, Mike McCarthy. Got one year left on his deal. They're aging on the offensive line. They've they've got an absolutely, you know, star-studded secondary. And, you know, guys like Micah Parsons are on the defense, but it's still kind of a hodgepodge of talent. But I think offensively, Dak, in that one-year window with Mike McCarthy is why that window, to me, isn't a big one. Yeah, and I think Bucky has them here because I think Dak took his game to another level this past season, added some things about playing more consistently outside of the pocket, extending plays. I think that's a big part of this offense moving forward. But I do think losing Dan Quinn is a big knock, not just to the defense. You know this Cowboys locker room really well, Steve. It's to the entire team and what Dan Quinn was able to do there in Dallas. I'm I'm interested to see how big this window is. Moving on to the 49ers next, I think mainly, Steve, I'll just say this, for two main reasons. It's one, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have built something brilliant together in terms of how they build a team. Two, you have Brock Purdy on a rookie contract with a lot of talent around him. That's what I'm saying. This window's kind of like, with this nucleus, is a two-year window. That's not saying they can't continue on if Brock Purdy keeps on doing his thing, but they've got so much talent but at some point, you've already seen some signs of age on Eric Armstead. He was a little banged up this year as well. Fred Warner, George Kittle, Trent Williams. Like mm-hmm. some of these guys, all of a sudden, Father Time is going to come knocking on the door. So I think this nucleus has got about another two years um, to kind of get through. Plus, we're also seeing teams like Detroit, some other teams that we're going to be talking about in just a few seconds, knocking on the window. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns and the AFC North because – Okay, this window can slide open a little bit. I think they've got enough talent on their defense and they've got a great coaching staff. But I think the division and, you know, there's just something about offensively, can they consistently just do enough to keep up with the Cincinnati's of the world and the Ravens of the world and and even Pittsburgh to that point? Steve, this is one of those windows that's in a bathroom that's all cloudy and you can't see through it. Like, it's there. But I'm not sure like you can really see through this window because I'm just I, I covered Deshaun Watson a lot when he was in Houston, and we haven't in four years now seen him play like he did as one of the best quarterbacks in football in 2020. And yes, he's coming off of an injury to his throwing shoulder. Throwing I just shoulder, find yeah. this to be a fascinating window. We know what Jim Schwartz brings. We know the defense. They have a new offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey. How is Nick Chubb coming back off of the massive knee injury he had? I find this one just very fascinating. I'm a little more certain, honestly, about the next one in the Green Bay Packers. I yep. think what we saw in the way they finished the season with the way Jordan Love played, with young pieces that are interchangeable to make things difficult on defenses, and we know they have a good defense. They change defensive coordinators. But this group, I think I have more confidence in a window as I do than the the, the Cleveland Browns. I, I, I do too in terms of like a window being sizable because right now – They've got a nice window, and Chip and Joanna are on their way up from Waco, Texas, from their Magnolia uh, rehab, <laughs> and they're getting ready to build a whole new unit because you've got Jordan Love and his receiving core growing together. Now, they've got to replenish that offensive line a little bit because David Bakhtiari, we saw injuries, have just completely sapped him at left tackle. But with their running backs and what they've got established, I think this is a team that, that just did, did, it, did it right again. All right. Mm-hmm. The New York Jets are on Bucky's list as having a window. 
This window right here is made out of Kleenex, right? There is no team that has a more urgent push to get to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, you talk about something flaming out. It just doesn't it – it, they're built absolutely for Aaron Rodgers to come back to win. They have talent. Somehow this team won seven games last year without Aaron Rodgers. But if it doesn't work, they're going to blow out everybody. Oh, but they're still going to be stuck with like – 10 fantastic third and fourth year players because they've drafted so well, but they've got to retool it again. So if they don't win it this year, that kind of janky assemblage of, of the program they have there is just a weird type of setup, JP. I love these window analogies we're using, Steve. I used to take a Greyhound about 11 hours home from college, uh, you know, <laughs> spir- you know, sporadically. The little tiny window that like opens at the top of a Greyhound that just lets a little <laughs> bit of air in, that's kind of the Jets window that I'm looking at. This is a 40-year-old quarterback. Yes, a four-time MVP, yes. but a 40-year-old quarterback coming off of an Achilles with an offensive line that needs to be completely put back together. And I think that, to me, stands out. Yes, there's talent other spots. They have top-tier talent, honestly, at some very important spots, say pass rushers and corners and, and wide receivers and wide linebacker. Receiver, yeah. But I just look at that, that offensive line and, and, and it really makes me scared behind, you know, that's protecting Aaron Rodgers. Is there anybody on this list that you think should be on this list that's not? That's not I'm going to say the Los Angeles Rams because I think over the next two years they've Ooh. got an opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl and win one. Matthew Stafford, again, we have not talked about how well he played last year. He was fantastic. You've got some pieces. Cooper Cup's still there. Puka Nakua is still there. Rob Havenstein, their tackle, is still there. Kyron Williams, their running back. Aaron Donald. They have got pieces. Oh, and JP, you know what else they have, they, they have this year that they haven't had from 2016? A first-round pick and cap space. I think this is a team that's going to be very aggressive because they know they got a couple more years of Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup, and they want to get back to the title game. They've got the personnel and the coaching staff to do so. I love that. Look at how dangerous they were down the stretch this past season in a year where everybody was like, who's playing what spot? We're regrouping, we're rebuilding, and there they were at the end of the season playing really, really good football. And Matthew Stafford playing brilliant football in his last game of the season, even though he came up short. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, Steve. And I look at a team that was maybe a questionable holding call away from winning the Super Bowl two years ago. And now they're not even on this list. They were 10-1 and at one point. And then obviously things just spiraled out of control at the back end of the season. But you still have one of the better offensive lines in football. Maybe the best wide receiver duo in all of football in A.J. Brown and Demonte Smith. A top five tight end in Dallas Goddard. I think the defense needs to get faster, needs to get younger. But I think having them not on this list and the Super Bowl window not being open, are we forgetting what Howie Roseman has done over the last five, six years? When they made the mistake of giving Carson Wentz a contract and everybody thinks that should sink a franchise, it didn't in Philadelphia. Howie Roseman is one executive of the year multiple times over the last couple of years. And if anybody can fix things quickly in some spots of need, I think it's Howie Roseman. So I, I I would look at Philly as still having a Super Bowl window right now and Steve we didn't mention the Bengals but Joe Burrow tells us the windows as long as he's playing and he's 1000 percent correct I want to get back to the Eagles real quick because the biggest holes that High Rosen needed to feed are on that coaching staff you know that that to fix I should say Mm -hmm. is on that coaching staff they made the changes we'll see if that gets things back together to mesh with some of that talent but that was the issue you know you hear about all the stuff going on up there I think that's how the Eagles can get back you know what else teams can get back is through free agency. Russell Wilson's not a free agent True. yet, but he's going to be out there. All right, can Russell Wilson, who we said is moving on down in home value, is he going to make a difference? We're going to talk to our Greg Rosenthal after the break here on the NFL Rosie. Report. Roll that tape, LC. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back at the NFL Report. Steve Weich here with my guy James Palmer, and we're bringing in NFL media's Greg Rosenthal. And, Rosie, 
You've got a great column coming out on Monday. I know it's great, even though it hasn't come out yet, because you're talking about some of the free agents that are about to hit the market. But JP and I, you know, we love you so much, Greg. We're gonna we're gonna put a twist on it because some of the guys we're gonna talk about aren't quite free agents yet. Okay, you good with that? I, I'm good with whatever, you know, two of the most respected and handsome men at the NFL <laughs> want to do. Yeah. Well, we love you, oh, Greg. Let's go. We're right into it. Here let's we go. go. So, all right, so let's let's dive in. Russell Wilson, who is still under contract for not much longer with the Denver Ooh. Broncos, will play where in 2024? Oh, my gosh. He's so hard to figure out. I don't think it's Pittsburgh, which people uh, have thrown out there. I'm going to throw in Washington, and he'll be okay. like a backup Ooh. slash 1B to whoever the number two overall pick is because that's – the role I see him in. It's not the role that he's going to want, but when when you guys look around the league, where do you see the starting opportunities for Russell Wilson Thank necessarily? You. I don't really see him. So I think he could fit more as a guy that is paired with a rookie. And for some reason, he just seems like a guy who would land in Washington. And maybe he's their week one starter, but whoever they draft is their week five starter. Thank you, Rosie. Greg, I could kind of I, like I could kind of see that because because if you look at it, like we're looking at all these, and earlier in the show we broke it down, all these quarterback needy teams that are near the top of the draft or teams like Atlanta or the Giants that might want to trade up a little bit. And then there's that group that the Vikings and the Broncos and the Raiders are all part of in the other part of the first round. Maybe somebody, you know, or a couple of teams end up settling for that next group of quarterbacks that are in the second round. And Russell Wilson is paired at one of those. Because I do believe, and Steve, I agree with Greg, like, he is probably in the bridge quarterback type of yes. range right now for where he lands. And there's not a lot of spots uh, where that player actually is needed, which makes this really kind of fascinating. So we'll stick with the quarterback spot. This guy is not a free agent, Greg. And we're just deviating entirely from this article that we're discussing and promoting. <laughs> Justin Fields. Yes. He, where will he get traded? Justin Fields in the Greg Rosenthal brain. Where does Justin Fields go? I think the Raiders make a lot of sense. Doesn't he just seem like a Raider? I know Luke Getzey's there. Oh, Steve's he, been he, saying this. See, we, we agree. <laughs> we agree too much. But he just feels like the type of guy that Mark Davis would go get, give a chance. He's a really unique guy to be available I can't really think of it. You know, Steve and James, maybe you guys can think of some of it. There aren't many quarterbacks who become available for a trade that actually have a long track record as a starter. I mean, he's started a lot of games. He's not like Kevin Cobb coming loose or Jimmy G, you know, just getting um, traded off of like seven starts. Like we've seen a lot of Justin Fields who actually has a lot of potential and at least has a very good baseline play where he can be a starter. We know in the NFL, I don't think there's any chance he's playing in Chicago. And so with Getze and the Raiders, I think he gives them some juice in 2024. What do you think? I, I've been saying it. I have been saying the exact same thing, Rosie. Plus, in that division where you have all these offensive head coaches who have not faced a quarterback like Justin Fields, I think the shock value alone in year one with the Raiders could give them a ton of bounce. All right, here's another one. Talking now, we're going to free wow. agency. The player will be you will be most shocked to see change teams is. I'm going to start with Chris Jones. I mean, it, it, would that shock Ooh. you guys at this point? I think when I normally make these lists of the top 101, the top guys just get franchise tagged. His franchise tag is going to be $32 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I think number one and number two on my list, a little uh, exclusive here for the NFL report since the list isn't actually out, Chris Jones and Love Kirk it. Cousins. I think they both changed teams because I think at some point the Chiefs have to decide maybe we got the very best out of this guy and Legereus Sneed is actually our bigger priority and Chris Jones ends up changing teams. What do you think? I'm interested in that one because we all remember, Greg, how the contract negotiations went or didn't go <laughs> this past offseason. Um, if you want to know an inside kind of vibe of Chris Jones – uh, this is what I've always been told by people close to him. Chris didn't care about money when he had none. So imagine mm. what Chris thinks when he has some. He really does not care. He he will hold out if he Come believes on. that's where he thinks he should be. If he wants a certain number, he doesn't care. We saw it during training camp. He doesn't care if money is flying out of his pockets. He's the only guy we really saw 
go out and do that. The interesting part about it, Greg, would be so much of what Spags does, almost their entire run scheme, is based off of Chris Jones. And so there would be have to there would have to be an adjustment up front. But I think this team is drafted extremely well. I think he's playing really well at a high level. He deserves probably every penny he has. But we've noticed from Brett Veach, if he believes it's time to cut, he's going to cut and move on and and find another spot to fill. We know that they also have Legereus Sneed, who I think they could tag Sneed. I think that could possibly be what they end up doing. And I love that you mentioned Kirk Cousins because I'm the guy. I didn't get a chance to chime in on the Raiders. I believe Kirk Cousins could land in Vegas. Hmm. I think that's a spot where he could end up landing, and I could elaborate on it further, and I would do that uh, at another time. Let's move on to who has to be brought back, Greg. Mm. Like, on this list of 101, what team needs to bring back player X, or it is a massive mistake? Okay, I'm throwing out a different name than you expect. Jonathan Grenard is the guy for me on this list. I I love that. Ooh, great year. He had a great year. I love that. He developed... Every year in his career as a Texan, better and better and better. And then when D'Amico Ryans gets there, he just turned into a great second pass rusher. And I love, you know, what they have on the other side with Anderson. But I think having those two guys locked up, you have a ton of cap space. Don't go searching for the next guy. You've developed this great player. And so to me, having those two guys up front reminds me of some of those 49ers D'Amico Ryan's team where you really started up front with that four-man pass rush. You've already got the duo for the next four or five years. Just keep them. Just keep them. You know what? My, my, I, guy, I love is, this. I, my guy is Christian Wilkins with the Dolphins. Because okay. with Anthony Weaver, now the D.C., you saw what he did with Justin Matabuike. You've seen it, how he's developed defensive linemen. He's an old defense. He played defensive line. He coached defensive line with the Ravens. I think with Christian Wilkins, he could be the next-level superstar. We see how much he means that defensive front. They let him go with two edge rushers coming off of significant injuries. Bad move. They need to go ahead and pay Christian Wilkins. Yeah, I think they'll keep him. The Couple other, notes. Yeah, another I wanted to comment on the Jonathan Grenard spot. I, I Greg, yeah, I love that because what jumped out at me right away, guys, was I'm looking at Aiden Hutchinson, who has nobody on the other side. And there's times where you saw Hutchinson get to the quarterback and there's nothing coming from the other angle. Jonathan Gennard had a great year, and I think if you have a pairing like him and Will Anderson, I, this one I really, really like, Greg. I, I, look at, I look at a couple other players. Antoine Winfield Jr., to me, um, he'll probably get tagged, but there's no way he can depart from Tampa as good as the season he's he had, maybe the best season for any safety uh, in all of football. Another one, I, what do you, I want to put Greg's uh, knowledge here. Josh Allen, the year he had in Jacksonville, um, is that necessary to bring him back down to Jacksonville in terms of he was really the one wrecking everything in the second half of the season when they needed uh, they needed a defensive player to go out and make plays? No question. I, I just assume he'll be tagged. To me, look, he got defensive player of the year votes this year. He went from yeah. he was always a very good pass rusher, uh, and he went to great this year. He was the best player on the True. team. He was the best player on the defense. He was the best player on the team. So the one thing. Uh, that annoys me. You know, the, you'll see the column drops on Monday. You know, they take away so many of the good players with the franchise tag, and then the list just isn't as pretty. So Josh Allen will be one of those guys, I believe, <laughs> taken off the list. Rosie, 15 seconds here because okay. we're tied on time, but James's favorite player is a free agent, Drew Tranquil. Oh, yeah. Linebacker for the Chiefs. Where do you got Drew. him, man? Did you give him love? Is he like a high-ranked dude? He's in my top 65 or so. I love me some Drew Tranquil. I thought I was out on a limb with him last year. I had him very high. And the Chiefs, they were looking for help, and they saw my rankings, and they're like, this guy's going to help us win a Super Bowl. They listened to Rosie! Way to get it done, I can't man. remember which conversation it was, Greg, that I was having with Brett Beach, where he was like, I was looking at Greg Rosenthal's top 101, and that's <laughs> kind of what pushed us over the edge on getting Drew Tranquil. And you're, But you are right. like He was so valuable to that team uh, throughout the course of this season. Smarts in the middle of the defense is just brilliant. And, and you know what? Greg Rosenthal's got a lot of smarts as well, Steve. A lot of smarts. Thank you for joining the NFL Report, Greg. Appreciate it. Coming up, the behind-the-scenes look of the NFL Combine. What happens really in Indianapolis? Steve and I break it down next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to the NFL Report. The NFL Combine, presented by Noble, starts next week. The D-line and linebackers kick things off next Thursday, followed by the DBs and tight ends on Friday. Offensive skill players step into the limelight on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern before the O-line wraps it all up on Sunday afternoon, all here on NFL Network and NFL+. Plus. I'm on my way to Indianapolis on Monday, Steve. And I think people have one thought of what goes on in Indianapolis. It's what they see on the TV screen. But in your mind, with all the years that you've covered the Combine in Indianapolis, what stands out to you that maybe people don't know about the ongoings in Indianapolis? First off, JP, I'm not going to have a nice halibut at the Ocean Air for me one night. you got to make okay. sure you make that happen. So some, some great things about Not the Combine, kind of, kind of behind the scenes, especially for us in the media, is we get to sit down at tables and stuff and speak to some of these draft prospects. Remember, we cover the NFL. We don't get to spend a lot of time talking to these draft prospects, which is the same thing that a lot of these head coaches and coordinators are going through because they're coaching in the season. So this is their first exposure you know, to a lot of these players in watching them do on-field drills. But, JP, also some of these interviews, these kind of 10 to 15-minute speed-gating mm-hmm. interviews – they do it, these prospects, at like 10 p.m. at night after they've been scouting and watching film all day. So I think the first interaction with a lot of these collegiate players is one of the things that a lot of people don't, don't understand, that it's not just the stuff they're seeing on the field, but, again, the stuff that happens behind the scenes and those the importance of those conversations. It's funny, Steve. A lot of people have told me with that are in these interviews how prepared or over-prepared or scripted some of these players are in these combine interviews. They almost want to see them in their building and sit down with them, maybe at the quarterback position with, you know, a whiteboard, if you will, or whatnot, spend a little more time with them. The other part is so many contracts are talked about between agents and yes. general managers. And Ryan Poles is going to be in a lot of rooms that we're not going to see talking to teams about potential trades that go on. Those are the two biggest things that happen in terms of trading picks and in trading players and, you know, working out new contracts. All right. Because of the Combine, Steve, next week we only have one show, and that is going to be on Thursday at 7 o'clock. So my time in Indy eating halibut, apparently, in your mind, is what's going to end up happening. Uh, So I'll see you Thursday when we tape that bad boy. Enjoy New Orleans. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.